So this is the West Coast Project podcast for Orange is the New Black, Season 3. My name is Mike, and I'm here with Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hey, Mike. Hey, Michelle. How do you like Season 3 so far? Um, I like Season 3. I'm not finished with Season 3. There's been, like, a lot of TV that that has that I've had to watch for various reasons. But when it first started, Season... I, I watched Episode 1 of Season 3 singularly even though of course they let it all go at one time and i was pretty disappointed and um then after that of course i kept watching and the more i've gotten into i think i'm up to episode eight or nine now and i think it's a really good season there's parts of it that i really like and parts of it that i just couldn't care less about but the parts that i like is definitely enough to keep me going back to it. I think it might be their best. I watched I watched season I watched season three, episode one, and then episode two, and I still don't like either one. <laughs> I have a chip on my shoulder about this show. Yeah, tell me why. I just don't like it. I don't like the people in it. I mean, it's the. I don't like the whole. Okay, I'm only up to episode two, so that's all I can talk about. Right. But I don't like. Piper and her girlfriend getting back together or pretending to fight, pretending to be sexy with each other. I just don't like – I don't care about either of them. Uh, That's uh, funny. I felt exactly the same way. That is old news to me. It just feels <clears> – that's what I disliked about episode one. It felt like to me – I know a couple months is supposed to have passed or a few weeks or whatever, and it just felt like – I, I was looking for something new. I was looking for something different. And it felt like they just almost did a continuation. It was almost like season two continuation of it in place of anything new or different. Alex and Piper's relationship is old. The on again, off again. She told on me. I told on her. She told on me. I forgive her. I told on her. She won't forgive me. Let's have uh, All right, you know, it's old, sex. So we don't have to. So, so let's do this, Michelle. I'll go through episode one. Because I have lots of notes. Because I thought I was going to really be into it. In episode two, I was it was I was yawning. So you can go through episode two. Okay. Okay. So really quick. So episode one, it's a Mother's Day. Mother's Day theme. It's on Mother's mm-hmm. Day. I think it's called Mother's Day, right? It uh, is. Uh-huh. The new Van Drivers, Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. New guards Poor- too. Yeah. Morello's yep. out. What did Morello did? Morello. Uh, I'm assuming that had to do with. Uh, with Miss Rosa still in the van. Yeah. Martin didn't watch the car keys close enough. Yeah. So they're on a supply run to get supplies for Mother's Day. And uh, we found out that Rosa drove into a quarry, by the way. That's how she ended her <laughs> glorious stay on Orange is the New Black. Yep. After she ran over V. But um, so that happens. Um, we see a pen- We see some flashbacks of these little girls. These girls in the prison as little girls with their mothers. That was kind of cool. It was, yeah. So Pennsylvania is with her mom is with a, on a Mountain Dew binge to get Social Security benefits, right? Her mom gets her all jacked up on Mountain Dew caffeine to get um, look hyperactive or something. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know it worked exactly like that, and still don't know if it does. But that was a really 
I thought that was really telling. I thought it was good. I love to see the flashbacks that make the characters what they are. And yeah, the character development, knowing how they do it, is kind of cool to watch. I agree. And, uh, you know, Mountain Dew has more than three, sh- more, more caffeine than three shots of espresso from Starbucks. And this was like a one liter bottle, and this was, what, a six-year-old little girl or something? Five yeah, she years was old? chugging it. Right. Um, so uh, they go around getting this Mother's Day stuff. And they're getting bargain basement crappy stuff, just anything on sale. Like they were buying like Cinco de Mayo supplies, right? For Mother's they buy Day. like a tamale or something or a pepper. Yeah, for like a pinata because yeah. it was on clearance because the holiday's over. Nothing to do with Mother's Day, just whatever was on sale. Right. Pretty depressing. It was depressing. Um, so the old ladies, the old granny group of ladies is having a mindful breathing to find them some fucking peace. Uh, and Red's joining now the old ladies. Um, well, Red's coming back. Remember, that's that room that you go to when you first come in there before you get assigned your bunk. And Red's coming back from being in medical. So yeah. it's just like the transition room or whatever. And also the room where the sick people go, which is why, or not sick, but when they're having an issue, a medical issue, the lady with the CPAP's in there too. I can't remember her name for some reason, but. Angles, DeMarco. I don't know. A couple of them, Nita Ingalls are protecting Rosa's bed and kind of in memoriam. They set it up as a little shrine to Rosa. Right. And so Red has, that's her bed now. That's, she can't just not have a bed. <laughs> so she, she moves everything and she finds playing cards. And then she finds the money that she got from that chemo kid when they scammed the nurse. Yeah, when, when he stole from the nurse. Yeah. That was a nice little touch. But again, it was just like a continuation so, but that was a nice touch. I like that part. Well, they got to connect season three with two. They got to keep some stuff kind of continuing. So then Alex shows up and she's beat up. Her face is black and blue. Yep. Um, she turns over and we find out she, we find out it's her in there too. She's just in time for the Mother's Day fair, and um, of course the new guy in charge is Caputo. He got the warden's job or whatever the Figueroa job was. Uh, he's doing both old and new, though. He's kind of transitioning between his old and, and his new job. Well, right. They haven't hired anybody to take his old job. So he's essentially just taking on another job as well. And there's a new girl guard, Birdie, Birdie Rogers, black girl, is a guard with a cosmetology degree. She She was messing with him. Yeah, I think that was a joke. And Tasty sees them and asks right away if she's his, if she's, um, Caputo's girlfriend. That was pretty funny. I kind of wonder if they would be that bold in that situation. It's not but very I, bold. I guess. It's I guess. Not overly bold. Maybe. Well, maybe not. And Caputo, he tries to be a, a good guy. And I don't know. Maybe. I like the birdie character though. So now there's uh there's the chicken egg curse, <laughs> uh, that everybody's afraid of that. Um, what's her name is, uh, what's her name? Gloria. Gloria. Yeah. yeah. Dropping curses on people left and right. Well, she's trying to remove curses, right? Well, did she put, she started them, didn't she? Gloria? She does both. She puts them on and removes them. Well, right. Yes. Yeah. But, but she's trying to remove curses. That's why everybody's coming to her. Right. But if you leave that curse in the egg and then you eat it the next day, then you give it to somebody else. At least according yeah. to Crusade. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but okay. 
So um, Pusey's in there, and she needs ping pong balls for the for the fair, the Mother's Day fair. Who for who knows what? Hooch? She gonna put her hooch in them? No, I think she was actually doing that. They were gonna like bounce ping pong balls into bowls for the bowls of water for the kids to win Tootsie Rolls or something. It was just it, it was just part of their thing. I don't think she was trying to scam them for any other reason. So all the kids show up. All these kids of these prisoners starting to show up and. It's pretty that part was pretty interesting too is seeing these kids. Um, <laughs> some of them were doing okay and some of them weren't doing so so well. Um, and next we see Piper working with the electric circuits with the guards um, and they're talking about suicide, the best cheapest way to do suicide. Well yeah, that that was an interesting uh kind of conversation that Piper and Luzchek had because she said she would kill herself with pills and he said of course you would that's the expensive way to go some of us have to think about money and then they go into all it was really dark and it was he felt like she was spoiled because of her thoughts on suicide it was just bizarre well she reminds him that she only makes 11 cents an hour so which is important and she it gets more important. She can't make enough to buy rich people's stuff anymore in prison, but that was her comeback to him when he thought she was rich. Right. Um, and then he says, I think he says that, or, or Piper says it about Alex, but somebody says it sucks when hot chicks start to cool down. Well, yeah, Loose Check says that uh, that the hot one is back, and Piper wants, you know, she doesn't know who he's talking about, and he describes her, and... And yeah, that's that's when he says that you know. But but she doesn't look so hot anymore, and it's sad when hot chicks lose their looks or something. Well, it is. But they talk about this suicide and how um, Luzchek's idea is to go to a shooting range because you don't have to pay till after, and you can just shoot yourself. That was. But that's not true. I, I've been to a shooting range here in California where you have to pay up front. And it's how actually quite expensive. Front? Is it? Yeah. It's like, how can you pay up front, though, if you don't know what you're going to be using or doing? Because you bring your own stuff. You bring your oh, own, okay. all your gear and bullets and everything. You don't, get, well, you don't use their bullets. Maybe he's talking about an indoor one. No, I don't know. But the fact that he's thought about it to that extent, I mean, have you ever thought about that? No. I'll I'll go here because I wouldn't have to pay if I wanted. I mean, that it was just bizarre that they were arguing the most economical way to commit suicide. No, I've, they, but I've only ever been to one shooting range in my whole life, and I've, I've been to it twice. But it's that one, so it's that's the only one I know about. I don't know. Um, so the beauty salon, Sophia is getting swamped in the beauty salon because everyone's getting dolled up for Mother's Day and all the visits. So Morello's yeah. in there and she wants a number seven haircut. So Sophia's only letting people go by numbers to speed the process up. Um, and all of Morello's kids are coming, Michelle. All, she's all Catholic and all of them, of course, she has zero kids because Christopher didn't work out. <laughs> to say the least. Um, and her van job's gone. She's she's hanging in there though. She's got her kind of 
depressed, happy look about her. Oh, she's miserable. She is just absolutely miserable. She really misses the the driving and stuff. She doesn't like where she's put, and she looks depressed. She looks different. But she's trying to look happy. She's trying. She's doing her best. Yeah. So she's in there getting her beauty salon stuff done, and then we see a flashback of Sophia with her and her wife when she was a man, and the baby being. Or the wife being pregnant. Huge and pregnant. And that was, he was a pretty good husband. He was giving her a foot massage and trying to, trying to be partner in parenting the, this baby. Yep. So I heard that's his, that's her, that's his, her twin brother in real life. Oh, is it really? I didn't know that. that. Guy. So that's why it looks just like her. Yeah. The, the resemblance really was kind of strong, but it didn't look enough like her that I really thought it was her. And I, I was a little confused about that. So that's interesting to know. So next we jump over to the, the electricians, I guess they're Nikki's working with lights again in the laundry or she's not working, but she's just changing light bulbs or something in the laundry with the meth girls, Angie and Leanne. Mm-hmm. And Leanne thinks Nikki is after her. Cause I guess from that contest in season two where she and boo were trying to get as many scores as possible. Yeah, she thinks that Nikki's after her because Nikki is congregating around the the vent that they left the heroin in. And so she's, like, staying in this area. And because she's staying in that area, then Leanne thinks that she's down there for her. Yeah, but, she's showing us her ass. Look, she's right. <laughs> yeah. So Nikki gets back at them by saying, you guys just suck cocks for ranch Doritos or, you know, you'll do anything for your meth or whatever, uh, or your ranch Doritos, I guess. And she looks at her hidden heroin and we see a Nikki flashback and Nikki's a little rich girl, Michelle. She's got a little dress, new dress from Bergdorf's and her mother. And her Sweet black little maid. Nikki. Sweet little Nikki. That was, that was so sad. It was so sad though. I mean, it was really so sad. Pence Tucky's mother's like, you know, giving her the Mountain Dew and everything. And that's one of the memories that Pence Tucky was remembering fondly. And then Nikki flashes back and she has this mother who's just completely disengaged. And it was so sad. Yeah, these kids are all pretty poisoned by their parents. I mean, it's, it's probably pretty true when kids go bad and society people go bad in society it has a lot to do with their parenting or lack of parenting well i mean you know her her mom loved her and everything we've seen other instances of it but that was just she i don't was know just... if her mom loved her her mom seemed pretty absent having everybody take care of her except for her yeah all right so then we see nikki hit on morello she likes morello's new hairdo and um then alex and piper meet up and i don't know why alex is just back because the trial thing with the the guy that got she tried to turn in piper turned her in i guess and they got all back to alex and alex is now in jail well yeah but remember alex excuse me alex is the one who who double crossed piper when they were sent to chicago and she told Piper to say one thing and then she went in the court and said another and then she got released based on what she said and then while she was out she was still talking to Piper and Piper found out that she had a gun because she feared for her safety which of course she couldn't have and so she asked Larry and uh, 
uh, what's her name? Her best friend on the outside. Penny. To what in Penny? I can't think. But she asked them to call Davy Crockett, which was Alex's parole officer, and let him know that she had violated her parole. To and that's why Alex from is the back. Guy. Yeah. Well, and I think is a little bit of poke back for what she did to her too. Well, it's got to be one or the other. It's got to be revenge or protection. It's probably, it's probably revenge. It seems like she was really angry at the time. She was very angry, but she also wanted her back in there. She missed her too. Wow. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, so Alex ends up. Mad. Alex chooses that it's revenge. She's really mad at her because of all this. But anyway, she's back there. Um, next, well, we Alex see- doesn't know yet. Alex well, is blaming herself at this point. She but, does yeah. in episode two. I, I, by the way, these episodes are going to merge together. So if, if you haven't seen episode two, stop and go watch it. <laughs> because we're going to talk all the way up through the end of episode two. Okay. Okay, so the black girls are talking about V, and Crazy Suzanne still doesn't want to believe that she's gone. So they, uh, she's protecting the memory of V, ready to fight for it and all that. Yeah. Um, she thinks the Spanish girls put a spell on her. <laughs> and this, and Pusey starts to believe in these spells and starts wearing, is she wearing the garlic necklace in episode one? Or is that in two? No, that's in two. Okay. Anyway, she believes in the spells and she's trying to protect herself from spells and eventually bed bugs. Like maybe it's more bed bugs than spells. <laughs> yeah, the garlic thing was, was for the next episode. And then we see her flashback, Pusey's, to her childhood reading. Calvin and Hobbes comics with her mom. And that was a good mom. That She seemed like a good mom. Yeah, she did. And she had a good dad, the general guy. Yeah. Yeah, she did. So I wonder where she went wrong. Hmm. I don't know. Bad choices, maybe. So next we see Nikki and Boo, and Boo is the American Horror Story clown for the show. For the, <laughs> for the festival. <laughs> Um, and they talk about some guy bringing stuff to the greenhouse through the tunnel that um, Red is about to block up or has already blocked up for the illicit drugs to come through the, the the tunnel that they have. Yeah, they're just trying to work something out to get rid of that heroin. But, but Nikki's got one excuse after another for not wanting to let it go. Yeah, because she's still an addict and still might want some. But their their plan is to take one bag a day from the laundry while the meth girls take their nap, <laughs> their daily nap. <laughs> um, so Gina runs some sort of a seance or meditation session. It's the Wiccan group. They meet in the courtyard. And while they're doing that, Frida and Bre- Red were brewing up some hooch in the greenhouse. No, Frida and Red are mixing up some cement. In the uh, green they're house. about to block up the... Yeah. Uh, I thought they were doing some alcohol or something. I didn't know what they were doing right there, but she's but Red just talking about this. she's going to get out in a couple of years, and she just doesn't want to do this stuff anymore. I'm not real sure where her change of heart came in with this. I was a little surprised that suddenly, when that's all Red has, that she suddenly was ready just to block up this tunnel. And I know it caused V's death, and I know Red has a conscience and stuff like that. But after what V had done to her, and then suddenly V's dead, and then Red just wants to block up the whole thing, which, I mean, was obviously 
a good moral thing to do, but I was just surprised at her change of. Well, maybe she, maybe it's because of that, and she thinks, okay, now I'm going to focus on the family business and make that little corner right. of the market work the way it should. Absolutely. So that's going to, we're going to see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. They start talking about how Whit- Litchfield's a kinder, gentler place now, thanks to Caputo. Um, the Caputo does seem like he's got a little bit better handle on things than Figueroa did, at least at, at least taking care of the women a little bit better. Well, and the prison has been privatized, too. And that's part of it, right? That's that's what they're talking about, the kindler, gentler, or am I ahead of myself? Just overall, I think okay. Caputo seems like he's he cares a little bit more about them. Yeah. All right, so now we run into Healy. Healy wants to keep running his little safe place corner of his operation. And he's mad about that new black girl, the counselor. He's threatened by her. And he's threatened she, by Birdie, yeah. She has a weird smell. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we see a flashback of Healy as a little boy, a little Lord Fauntleroy-looking okay. little boy. Was that one of the most creepy? That that was horror show stuff. That was terrible. Yeah. The guys, Baby uh, Sam. The bald yeah. move guys said that she was drawing Carcosa figures on the wall. She was, That's what... she was coloring in like her paisley wallpaper with like little etchings and faces. Yeah, and with like red lipstick or something and just standing up on her bed and doing this really weird thing. And here, you know, young, young Sam walks in the room, Sam Healy with his trays bringing her breakfast. And she picks up a full ashtray, one of those big heavy kind that used to sit around in the 70s full of like ash and, and cigarette butts and stuff and slings it at his head. I mean, just slings it at him. And then she wants to dance. Now it's time for the party. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's so wrong about that. Uh-huh. It was cra- and they got crazy clown carnival music playing while he's got these wide bug eyes kind of dancing with his mom on the bed. That was horrifying. Poor Healy. Poor Healy. All right, so even more horrifying, we see Piper and Alex cuddling <laughs> behind the altar, and they talk about their mothers. Um, and we so we they kind of recap the whole sequence. Like Alex set up Piper, she doesn't know that Piper set her back up, and she bails on the truth and just says it was the system. Alex got caught in the system, and at least they're caught in the same web. So there's all kinds of dishonesty between these two, and they have zero basis for a relationship that I can see. Yeah, I agree. All right, then we see kid, the guards are trying to deal with the kids, and there's a million rules in the fun zone. The no fun zone is more, more likely. <laughs> but they can't do a, anything fun in the, in the carnival. Um, and so the, at check-in, we see some, some dude, some Latino dude, bringing in Bennett slash Daya's uncles and aunts and kids and all kinds of family crew. I still this is, who is that guy? That's Alita's boyfriend that's her significant other so daya's mother's boyfriend yes and he's bringing in all of daya's brothers and sisters okay and then there's a whole montage of the entertainment events (laughs) and there's pitiful mini golf and a puppy zoo and uh healy Healy stops crazy eyes from bringing a kite that looks crazy. Even the kite looked crazy. Yeah, why couldn't she go out there? She can't interact with children. 
for some yeah, reason. I, I I didn't know why. I didn't know if you knew why. She said something about she knew she did something last year, but this year it was a kite and she wasn't doing whatever she wasn't supposed to do last year. So I don't know. I didn't know if you knew why she's not allowed out there because that was kind of pitiful. It's pretty sad because she's just a kid herself and she's looking to have fun with other kids. Right. I mean, it's probably founded in something that's that's logical that you probably oh, don't sure. want her around. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, so Brooke has no sticks for the kids to break the pinata, so they have to just punch it. <laughs> so O'Neill revs up the kids to make them mad enough to make good punches by by taunting them a little bit. Taunting them about their moms being in prison. Yeah, well, that might work. It was horrible. And the little kids are like punching the pinata. And the one... chili pinata. And then Flocka's painting rave faces on the little girls. Yeah, Morrissey. It's like Morrissey's sad face painting. Uh, uh, so one t- of the inmates is getting drugs out of her baby's diaper. The the whole thing was just like this barely controlled chaos of 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 playground sadness. That was pitiful. The drugs in the diaper, and then she sets the kid down in the mud outside the outhouse so she can go in and take the drugs. I know. I know this little, what, eight-month-old, six-month-old. It was terrible. Well, it wouldn't have been any better if they were three years old. No. But, no. <laughs> but anyway... Um, Tasty, Tasty and Boo don't like the kids. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but they just don't seem to like the kids. Um, and then they do a little Simon Says, and Chang gets Simon says out of the game. That was pretty funny. The, the inmate Chang got tricked. Oh, that was funny, yeah. But, but then Yoga Jones says, but she still encourages each of them to follow their own path. Even though Simon didn't say it. Yeah, she, she is a great character. She's running a duck-duck-goose game. That was pretty funny. So they're doing all these games that don't cost anything that are like still pretty fun. If you're just a kid, I guess you don't know any better. And just before this, we've seen Gloria talking to her son. And evidently the older son didn't come. Only the middle son showed up because the older one didn't want to, he didn't want to come. And she hadn't seen her kids for a long, long time. And so she's trying to reconnect with them. And she's really mad that the older son didn't come. And then later on in this, we see uh, Michael talking to Sophia the hairdresser, Sophia, her son Michael's there, and they're having the conversation. He's trying to give him, like, man pointers because Michael's growing up. And that was a pretty interesting conversation, too. So, Mike, do you shave with the grain, or do you shave no, against... You get, well, you jumped, you jumped a few... But the hair and the shaving question comes up here because she asked the younger boy, do you have hair everywhere? Which was kind of a odd question for a mother to ask. Yeah, I can't picture that growing one. Growing up, the little boy's growing up and has reach puberty um uh so yeah so now the kids ask Daya where the baby's gonna live and bennett kind of walks up on them bennett's telling a mother's day joke about computers when computers listen to their motherboards really stupid mother's day joke and Caputo's seeing all this interaction between Bennett and the Daya and the kids, mm-hmm. and figuring out that Bennett's not staying away from Daya, and he's trying. He's worried about Bennett getting in trouble with Daya. Well, Rod. So he tells him, "Take care of yourself. Spank it out. Don't ha- don't have sex with her anymore. Don't have sex with any inmates. You're going to get in trouble." 
and you have to stay away from Diaz because she's just gonna it's gonna come out that you're in a relationship with her. He knows all about this, so he's he's on the in on this. Right. And he doesn't even want him to talk to her. He just wants him to stay away from her. Yeah, and he's kind of mad at Bennett over the whole thing, too. And he says that he was protecting Bennett, but Bennett says that he was kind of protecting himself as well because all this came out as soon as he took over. Well, Bennett's an idiot. Bennett needs somebody to protect him from himself. He's just a dope. That's another reason I'm I'm kind of down on the show on this season because the whole plan to marry her and get, I don't know, it's just not a good plan. Well, see, I'm having to be real careful what I say because I've watched a lot more of the season than you have. So there's there's a lot to come with that. Okay. Well, well, I can hardly wait. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. You're gonna you might like it. All right. So now shaving with the grain or against the grain. This is Sophia with her son Michael. He he doesn't need mother. He needs father. He needs advice about shaving. So. You don't shave with the grain. Everyone might tell you that, like a like a hairdresser or a beautician, but you got to shave against the grain if you want to get really short hair, really good close shave. Well, I know girls shaving their legs and stuff. You shave up. You don't shave down. So, well, that's against the grain, right? That's what I'm saying. But Mike, but but Sophia tells Michael to shave with the grain. I think right? that's what beauticians tell you to do. Well, she says she has to shave a lot more now since she's a woman, and she's telling him how to do it. The his Michael's mom's boyfriend, the pastor, told him something different anyway, and, yeah, and Sophia right. didn't like. It. <laughs> he's telling him to shave against the grain, and I'm telling you to shave against the grain, and you shave against the grain. And, I do. And Sophia's saying shave with the grain, and I'm a right. woman now. I shave everything. I I should know, but she's. I don't think she's right. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, well, I don't know for men, but yeah, for sure, for women, I, that's not what I do. Well, I don't think it's any different. Humans are humans. If, if I had to shave my legs and wanted it to look good, I'd shave against the grain. Okay. Uh, and, and I might have to try it just to prove it to you. you, you... <laughs> I had to shave my ankles in, fo- in high school football practice. You have to shave your ankles because you tape your ankles. Right. If you don't shave them, the tape pulls your hairs right. Sure, sure. So well, I, yeah. You look goofy because it's summertime and you have an- your legs shaved like three or four inches up. <laughs> was it a big pain? It just looks stupid. It yeah. wasn't a, it's not hard, but no. you know, I shaved against the grain for that. Well, there you go. All right. So next we see – oh, and Michael's guilty because his real mom is outside waiting. And it's Mother's Day and she has to sit just in the parking lot and wait. That was an interesting – Dynamic, yes, it was. I agree. Um, and the, and the d- dynamic between Sophia and his her wife, mother, must be interesting. They've always they shown her as being yeah. They've always shown her as being really. Remember, she was really supportive of him doing the whole even the sex change and everything. She was really supportive of it, um, but she didn't want him to. Uh, to completely change his self. She didn't want him to lose his penis. She wanted him to keep that, and he didn't want to, and it was an issue. I don't really remember it that much, but but yeah, she was always great. 
Okay, so next we see the Latinas with the babies, and they're they're kind of kind of looking at Daya and um, the one Latina point. What are these two girls' names? Uh, Maritza and I can't think of the other one right now. Yeah, Maritza's the real pretty one. And she has this shit on her shirt, and the other one points it out, and she's like, "Ooh, disgusting." So Maritza's not really a mom. She's just holding a baby. Well, no, she's a mom. That's her baby. Well, why would she call that disgusting? <laughs> well, it's pretty disgusting, even if you're the mom. But um, I, she's not used to that. She's not used to having a baby all the time. So. Right, and having a baby poop all over you. They do. She's well, not used- yeah, it is disgusting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right, so O'Neal's, what's O'Neal's butch girlfriend, the other cop? Wanda. Wanda. Busta opened the pinata with her riot stick. Yeah, she's had enough. And there's nothing inside. And so-so. That was so funny. Yeah. She's like, oh, what a... What a what an ir- irony that is. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> um, so Sophia now gives more advice to the to Michael from Mandison. Practice on an insane girl, or on an ins- not insane, insecure girl, so you're ready when you meet a real girl, when you're trying to figure out relationships. Yep. So you don't waste your good chops on the on the real girl. You do it on the insecure girl. That's terrible. That is terrible. All right, no comment. So next we see Gloria and Daya, right? Is it Gloria or no? What is, is, what's her name? Alita. Alita and Daya. Advice on how babies ruin the mom's life. <laughs> they ruin well, your ruin body. Ruin her body, Rod. They ruin your dating scene. They ruin everything. And then we and see the flashback, Alita's flashback. And she doesn't even know her own nieces. What do you mean? Alita doesn't even know her own nieces or the people that are coming to visit. She doesn't know the names. Yeah, she knows them. She's just like whatever you. She know th- those are her kids. Well, she those are... she, she got the name wrong. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, that means you don't know the <laughs> name. I mean, no, I've got I've got three daughters, and I'm constantly calling one by another name. That's just when you're distracted or whatever. But the flashback with Alita holding Daya, she's this. Alita's this tough has this tough vernacular and she, this this tough way about her and like she's hated her whole life and it flashes back to her and she is this really soft woman holding this newborn baby with her husband beside her and she loves this baby and I thought that was a real interesting thing to see because it wasn't at all what she portrays herself to be back then well, she does at some point say in this in this episode, you, it ruins your body, ruins your whole social dating life, but at least you have a baby. So she does admit that having a baby is kind of cool. Yeah, but she loved her, and there was a softness about her, and I hope they continue the storyline with her and show us what happened to change her so dramatically. So Red's Russian crew shows up now, and they all want to know if she's ready for more imports. And her one son even has a new LED headlamp to crawl through the tunnel. Um, And Red says, no, I'm planning for my day out. I'm going to start up the market. And she doesn't know yet that the market has been shut down. She got some bad intel from Piper. Mm Mm-hmm. But then Daya's little little sister, Lucy, is missing. But they don't want to pull the alarm because it will end the party. 
pretty right. pretty interesting trade-off there. Like a girl is missing in a prison, and you don't want to end the party so you don't tell anybody about it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if she was actually missing or if she just kind of wandered a little bit. Well, yeah, but what would you do if one of your daughters was missing in a prison? Oh, well, I would pull the, pull the <laughs> alarm is what I would do, but... All right, and next we see an odd little scene with Pensatucky praying for unborn babies in a little popsicle stick graveyard. That was... That was sad. She has six of them, Michelle. Six aborted kids. Or maybe five and one miscarried. Right. That's kind of what it sounded like. And she's giving them little capfuls of Mountain Dew. And then Boo, the the archangel clown of death, talks to her. That made it even creepier. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was horrible when Boo came up with the zipper mouth and... But she makes her feel better. They're going to hell. And, uh, she calls her son. I like how Boo calls the other women son. <laughs> what are you doing there, son? Um, and she talks about Freakonomics. Now, have you ever heard this Freakonomics theory, Michelle? Um, yeah, I actually have. I, I had heard about it before, but I looked it back up a little bit. And it's about uh, Roe v. Wade, right? Isn't that what it was about? Yeah. That was passed in the 70s, and because this was passed, then a lot of children weren't born, and so the crime rate went down in the 90s, right? Yeah, 18 years after Roe versus Wade was passed, the crime wave took a big dip because there weren't 18-year-old delinquents from bad marriages, relationships, and parenting around because they were aborted. So the crime wave, the crime occurrences went down because those criminals weren't there to make crime happen pretty interesting yeah it's it's a theory though right i mean it's it's just a i don't know i think it's true it's proof it there was in the time frame that they expressed a drop in crime right, 18 right. years was after a, roe versus wade right there's a drop in crime but i mean you can't necessarily connect it exactly to that because i mean then why would the crime have went up since more kids are born but not because um, abortion is illegal again. I don't know. I think relating it to that, I don't know. I just thought it would. Well, that's what Freakonomics does. They found they find kind of statistical anomalies and they point them out. And they, it's, that was just the interesting. I don't know. Maybe more, maybe more women got aborted. Or maybe it was easier to tell because no one was getting abortions or they were, they were illegal and less women got abortions. And when it, when it became legal, did you just leave the room, Michelle? No. Heard door shut. <laughs> no, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know, but it's. I think Roe versus Wade was in 1972 or three, and then in 1990 they saw this drop in crime. That that's what they were talking about. And, it and was somehow kind of, that that statistic makes Pennsylvania feel better. Yeah, like she might have done the right thing by aborting five kids. Uh, Even though Boo is, like, horrible, even in her explanation to it. She's horrible to it. You're a white trash piece of crap, you know, so therefore your children would have been white trash pieces. I mean, you know, and somehow her saying this to her makes her feel better. That's right, son. Well, she's probably – it's probably true, unfortunately, she would have not been a great mother, and she would have... I mean, she's in jail. 
Yeah, she's in jail. She is in jail. All right, let's wow. jump ahead to Gloria. Not Gloria. Can I hear? I am calling her Gloria. Uh, Alita. Uh huh. Alita looking for Lucy, and uh, she finds. No, them- Alita's not even looking for Lucy. Let's point this out. Alita doesn't care. She went in there to pilfer Daya's mail. Well, I thought she's she was under in- the pretext of. Lu- pretense of looking for lucy no i don't think so because nobody even knows lucy's gone yet she just finds her we just talked about it the alarm yeah no the alarm hasn't went off yet yeah but they know she's missing and the alarm didn't go off we know that that's why right right it doesn't matter she finds the man she finds the letter right mendez mom letter and she takes it Yes. Okay, now the alarm goes off and everyone's on the ground. <laughs> and everyone on the ground means people on the ground can see under things. And there's Lucy Michelle from Tennessee under the bed. Under Daya's bed. And um, she wants to stay in the prison with Daya. It's got to be sad for who's ever watching her. The brother? No, it's uh, Alita's boyfriend. Oh, yeah, right. I keep thinking, of, it's, that guy looks like a age of Daya kind of guys. So yeah, he does. I know. Think of him as a brother. Um, so Maria now gets her baby, gives her baby back to Yadriel, the quiet guy, dad. And mm-hmm. He's not going to bring that baby back anymore, Michelle. He's done with prison visits for that baby. And he's done with Maria, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, they told her that on Mother's Day as, as she's handing that baby back over, that he has read that she's getting at the age she's going to remember this and he's it's just better to cut it off now and this is the one that's always just poured everything she has into that baby and tried to tell him how to communicate with the baby and done everything she can and he just dumps it on her but he steps it up and becomes a pretty good dad and maybe this isn't he's seemingly trying to step it up even more now like i'm not bringing a baby to a prison I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's found another woman, right? It seems like he's doing this to keep the baby free from this prison environment. Yeah, and I don't know how I even feel necessarily about that, um, taking the baby to prison. But but to cut her off from her mother like that, who obviously loves her so much... I don't know. I that that was very sad, and it was very obviously devastating. To yeah, Maria doesn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. So Mother's Day ends. They shut it all down. It's a sad cleaning and sweeping up. And Pusey, going through the junk and garbage, finds the Calvin and Hobbes comic that was part of the um, pinata. Pinata, and it, I don't know if it was the very same one she was reading, but it's just another Calvin and Hobbes reminder. Of her childhood. And that was it. That was the end of episode one. Yeah. And talking about it, it did have some pretty good stuff in it, even though, you know. Well, Michelle, podcasting makes everything sound better. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do you got for episode two? Well, I thought episode two was a little bit better. In episode one, um, when... Alita's kids all came in and they're itching and scratching the whole time. I am really paranoid about like head lice. I had three daughters, long, long hair, and I was always really paranoid about that kind of stuff. So I thought when she came in, she had head lice. And um, I thought that would be a hard thing to deal with, even in prison. But it turns out it was 
a whole lot worse than that, as we can tell by the title of it, Bed Bugs and Beyond. Um, Is that a play um, on Bed Bath and Beyond, do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, why? Why would they connect that to Bed Bath? But I don't know. It's. I think yeah. it must be. It sounds. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't think about that. All right, but, so it's about it's about this infestation of bed bugs that they have. When's how long ago did you watch episode two? Um, I watched it again. I've actually seen these several times because I watch it with different people in the house at different times whenever they want to see it, and I know I'm going to podcast it, so I've seen it about three times. But I watched it for the last time last night. So, all right, take us through it. Um. Well, in the first part, we see um, where Flocka is in the is in the medical place, and she's talking to the medical guy. And I think she thinks she has crabs or scabies or something. And then he freaks out, and he he runs out. And then she runs back to the dorm, and she tells everybody that they have bed bugs. So. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, you can't really hide it, right? You can't. The word's gonna get out. That word has to get out because it's it's a community. You have to work together to kill it off, right? So I don't know about the bad thing about the word getting out. No, I don't. I don't know that she didn't really want the word to get out, but but it's it's just kind of horrifying that that's going on. I mean. Oh, it's bed totally, bugs in there. Ian, there's no escape because you're a prisoner. You can't check into a different prison. <laughs> you can't go home. But it's kind of funny because they were like looking at the bites of it. And I don't even know if that's how you would diagnose something like that. But I don't know. I don't know, but it sounds creepy that every night when you sleep, you have little things crawling on you and biting you. Well, yeah, and evidently they're really, really hard to get rid of. Like, super hard to get rid of so then we see red she walks back into the dorms area and piper's there and piper's all glad to see her but red is very upset because she had found out that piper had lied and i think she could just tell from that visit i don't think they ever actually said the words to her that that the business was closed her family but she could tell, and she's really upset. And Piper says that she did that because she's a nice person, but, but Red calls her selfish. And um, Yeah, what do you think it was? I don't know. I felt like Piper was being kind. I felt like Red really put her in a bad situation. And Red's mad at her for lying, but Red even said, she said, why didn't you, you know, you could have just told me that, that you didn't go by there or something, but you didn't have to make up that you had even tried something. And right. so if you're mad at her for lying, saying she didn't go by there would be lying. I thought, I, I never thought Popper should have told her that it happened, but I do think it was a kindness. What do you think? I think so, too. She was just t- trying to be encouraging. Like, don't worry. You'll get out. It'll be fine. You'll make it work again. And Right. Don't, right. Because what, what could she do about it in prison? Right. Exactly. And if her own husband's lying to her, why should Piper be the one that has to be the one to tell the truth? If she can't even get... Maybe her family has a reason for not telling her this. Maybe they've moved. Who knows? And And why should Piper be the one to have to do the hard work when her own family won't even yeah, do it. Yeah, it's a bit There's of misplaced be, anger. 
agree, but and I understand Red being angry, and I even understand the misplacement of anger, but it's still, it was not right. But Red calls her selfish, and she says that Piper just wanted to be liked, but now she's liked even less. But I say Piper was in a no-win situation with that. So then we see this meeting between Mary Steinberg, Steinberg, I don't know why I want to say that wrong, and Alita. So she has come in, but when she comes in, she signs in with Bennett, and she starts talking to Bennett and says that George loves Daya and that she's going in to talk to Daya's mom and all this. And so, of course, Bennett's all torn apart. But um, but then we see the interaction between between her and and Alita, and Alita's just shaking her down. So um, what do you think happened to Pornstash? He's in was, jail. Why was meant? I know, but what happened to him? When his one brother's a dentist, the other brother's an artist, or whatever, some art artisan, or some sort of, you know, affluent. Right, career. an art historian. Right. Why is why did why is Mendez a prison guard with a hot Camaro? I don't know. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with being a prison guard, and you should follow your own passion. But why? Why was he doing? drugs in the prison selling the drugs or whatever he was doing and uh why was he that kind of person not just why was he a prison guard there's nothing wrong in my view with that but but the the bad stuff that he did i don't know what do you think how do you uh, think it doesn't that match that's why i'm saying it's it's a it doesn't make sense a lot of this show does not make sense no, but but it happens. Don't you know people who have like four children and three of them are are doing great, and one of them is well. I mean, even with well, I guess not, but kind of even with Piper's family. Look at her brother; he was like living in the woods and doing whatever. But you know, that was when, of course, Piper was a drug dealer, so or not a drug dealer, but with a drug dealer. So Career. yeah, okay, yeah. so so yeah, Bennett's or Mendez's mom finally meets and. Yeah, right, and she's telling her that she wants to adopt the child because she can give it this certain kind of lifestyle, and she, Alita is really mean, but the whole thing is just to shake her down. It's just to shake her down. She wants money, and and she agrees to a monthly, what you call it, a stipend to both Daya and Alita if she can adopt this baby. So this is probably better for the kid. In the long run. If the kid were George's. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That minor technicality. Yeah, that's like a big, big deal. There, She is shaking her dad. She is telling her, and she knows better. Alita knows it's not a porn stash kid. And so she's Bald shaking Move this- pointed this out too. I, I still really like Bald Move and Aaron and those guys. But Aaron does a orange podcast with a different... Uh, woman every time mm-hmm. and he said well what happens when Daya gets out of prison in three four five years she, you can't just assume she's not going to be in the picture she's the mother she's going to come out of prison when the kid's three or four and the kid's going to be all attached to mary steenburgen and her family yeah they, they don't even talk about that well they they didn't talk about that because Daya's not talking to her this is only alita and alita doesn't care um, but what does Mary Steenburgen think is going to happen? 
I think she thinks that she's going to adopt this baby. I think she thinks that uh, that Alita is speaking for Gaia. And if she is, because, I mean, why would she think any different? And if she is speaking for... Because she's for, not the mother. Your mother's an adult. You could speak to the mother. Yeah, but she had written to her, and then Alita contacted her back. She could be saying, Daya didn't want to have anything to do with it. She put me in charge of it. I mean, I don't know. But, but it never comes up. In, they it never actually does. It does later on. Okay. It later on in another episode? Yes. Well, it should come up right away, you would think. Yeah, but I think it's okay because she's being um, steamrolled. She's She she doesn't know. Well, she's how... getting the answer she wants to, so maybe that helps fuel it along a little bit. Right. Mary Steenburgen is getting it to go the way she wants, so, and Delita right. is getting it the way that she wants. So there's the, miss, the missing person isn't even involved, and that's Daya. Right. All right. Well, so now, then, what happened? Then we see all the women down to their bras and panties. Which, by the way, if you have if if it's gonna if bedbugs are gonna be in your clothing, wouldn't they be in bras and panties too? They're not exempt. Right, so I don't understand why they got rid of all their clothing except the bras well, and pants. It probably helps to have less ways to trap them against your body. They probably I'll... can't walk around naked. <laughs> but some of those just... bras and panties did not look appealing in high def TV. Well, I didn't think any of the bras and panties were great bras and panties. I don't think they were designed to. Um... Well, the bodies underneath. I mean. Oh well. But like Flocka looked okay. You know, some of the hot Latina girls looked okay, but Boo, uh, yeah, do you don't do not want to see more <laughs> Boo in high def with her giant trucker underpants on? They all had pretty big, pretty big underpants on, and these these bras were like something out of the what fifties or something. It's just this is some rough underwear, but they're throwing all of their their textiles in the middle of the floor to take them to be washed, including pillows and sheets and blankets and everything. And uh, this is when Bennett comes in, and he tells Daya uh, that Menendez's mother had been in there talking to Alita. And Daya's, of course, really upset about it. She didn't know anything about it. And um, Did we see ben Bennett's flashback in, in episode one or two? Two. Okay. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet. Um. But this is where Caputo comes in, and he he's fussing at, at Bennett again for talking to Daya, and they're putting the girls in these disposable suits. Paper, yeah. Paper, paper yeah. But they don't have enough of them. No. <laughs> so Caputo no. has to make a deal with the prison and trade them some tube socks. That he doesn't even have. And I thought they were very ingenious Later on, when they start using garbage bags yeah. and clothing, that was pretty good, don't probably you think? Probably not very comfortable, though, to wear a plastic bag. It's probably not, but at least it's something covering you, and it's disposable. By the way, thinking about Caputo, does Caputo have a side boob little poster on his wall behind his desk in his warden's office? Oh, I don't know. I think he does. I I was going to – I don't know when, when I saw him stand up with that back there, but I was going to – Ask you about that. They have a poster side boob. Like a little a... plat, like a little thing. It's not. Oh, that's neat. I'll have to look for that. But he I don't shouldn't. Know. If he does, he shouldn't have that in a prison, a woman's prison with a band named Side Boob. 
Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> you probably shouldn't even be in a band named Saibu. Maybe not, but... All right, sorry. So that's okay. they're wearing garbage bags and paper. Right, well, yeah. So here is where we flash back to Bennett, and we're pres- we're he's presumably in some... Well, he's in some desert combat unit, and um, he's checking in with the commander on the ground who isn't impressed at all with his gung-ho attitude and his um, starched clothing. And it was kind of funny because I don't picture Bennett being that way. He's put up as this really squared away kind of guy. He seemed tougher and more secure of himself in the Army than he does now. Well, yeah. I mean, mean, I'm sure he's been through a lot and everything, but... He did, but almost in a over-the-top kind of way, as far as they were talking about he smelled too good and he his clothes were too starched and his teeth were too white, and it was just this big, long thing against him. And he's like, I'm not going to apologize for being so squared away. Yeah, he stood up for himself more than he seems to now. Right. I didn't like Bennett in the Army, though, because he was doing that dance and stuff. That was all, all barely watchable. I agree. I agree with that. It was, I'm not sure why they even put that in, except for the interaction with the native soldiers there. The It's not called a native, so, but the soldiers from the area. Um, yeah, I think he's I'm, in Afghanistan. So there's like Afghani guys or the peacekeepers from police of Afghanistan. They're learning the American military tactics so they can take over. Right. But they're trying to, they don't obviously don't understand the Chippendales men dancing and well, men hooting at each other. Of course not. So that was a culture clash up to the yep. point where even the video, they, they videoed the women <laughs> instead of the men. And then they got mad at them for doing it. They're yeah. like, no, that's what makes it funny is that it's the men, which is true, but you can't expect them to know that. And this, but I agree with you that that was a weird, it was, um, my youngest daughter always says stuff like, "I'm, I'm se- I, How does she put it? I have secondhand embarrassment, and she'll like, she'll say, "Stop! Don't look at me," because she's embarrassed over something she sees. Because it's, it's like you're embarrassed for the person. So that was embarrassed. It was embarrassed for them. So I understand for Bennett specifically. Yeah, he looked pretty bad. I agree, but that that was actually later. That that wasn't even here. Yeah, but um. Then we go to the girls, and they're in the cafeteria, and most of them are naked. And uh, Wanda and O'Neill are talking, and they're they're hypothesizing that the the bedbugs could have come from the sofa that they picked up on the curb. And I thought that was funny. They throw in these little weird uh, things, and he's like, if anybody asks, it come from J.C. Penney. Yeah, that O'Neill and Wanda picked up from the curb for their own use. Right, yeah. right. So they think they might have brought in the bad That could very well be. The... But well, d- didn't one of them say, claim that the patient ground zero was somebody's cooch, though? Some they. Yeah, that no, they were just blaming. But it it was Lucy or one of Alita's girls. They came in itching the whole time. Remember, I said something about head lice. They were itching the whole so time that was they it. came in. That was it. We know that, but O'Neill and and Wanda couldn't have known that. 
And this is where Poussey comes up and she sits down with the girls and she's got the huge garlic around her neck because of Glono, which is what they call Gloria and Norma. Um, and they go into this whole big, long thing about they are terrified. The black girls are terrified of getting these bed bugs and they won't let anybody sit at their table. They're pushing people away and stuff. And um, black Cindy isn't bathing and she. Now, how can that help? Bed I don't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get that. I was going to ask you if you understood. They just She said that the lines were really long in the bathroom lately, so it could have just been coincidentally. But um, That cannot but, be a good situation. With a, it's like Brooke didn't bathe, and she couldn't even, like people couldn't stand being near her. Right. But, I mean, I don't think it's been, it hasn't been weeks like it was with Brooke, but still. How long does it take? Just, well, Two that's, days. That's a pretty good question. But then Pence Tucky comes up and she just sits down. They tell her to go away because they don't want bed bugs. And Pence Tucky starts talking about she has a right to be there and she brings up V. And then here we have Crazy Eyes again. She gets up and she threatens to to throw her lunch and hit her. And Wanda says, look, you got to control her to Tasty. And I'm not sure why it's suddenly on Tasty to control Crazy Eyes, but evidently Crazy Eyes is going to go to shoe if she gets any more shots. So she's trying to to be controlled. Well, that's, that's reasonable. That you can take care of your friend because she's crazy. She is crazy. Yeah, but she is. But this is the second time that we've heard this already about Crazy Eyes wanting to throw something and it's kind of like on on Tasty to to stop her to get her under control. So I thought that was. Well, I'm just not friend. sure why it's why it's falling on. Yeah, but they're not best friends. I don't know. I just don't know why it's falling on her. Anyway, um, Wanda comes up and tells Pennsylvania that she needs to drive. So, Pennsylvania's got to get up anyway. Turns out. Okay. Okay, and then we go back to Piper and Alex, and this is where Alex is freaking out about Kubra is going to kill her, and. Piper starts comparing Alex to a cockroach and how cockroaches get a bad rap and it was just not very flattering and it felt I, I didn't like the interaction at all. Did you pay any attention to this particular? There's nothing about these two that I like at all so I, I watched it but I didn't like it. Yeah it was just I'm not ridiculous. rooting for them. I don't care what happens to them. I mean, it's fun. It is funny that she's the star of the show, and it's she's the hardest one to watch for me. Yeah, all, all of the rest of them, you can feel stuff for at least most of them, and I'm just having the hardest time with that. It felt forced, and it didn't feel natural, and it's like you know Piper's going to tell her. You know she is. I knew she was in episode one, so just tell her. Just tell her and get it over with because this whole back and forth, it didn't feel, I don't know, it didn't feel right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So anyway, then we got Nikki and Big Boo and they're looking out the window at people getting early release and they're wondering about that. And of course they're talking about the heroin because that's what they do. But that's just like a little side thing about people getting released. Nobody knows yet about... Um, what's going on in the prison and all this kind of stuff. But so then we go to Gloria and Alita 
and they're in the kitchen, and Gloria is using the oatmeal to make anti-itch stuff for the bed bug bites, and Bennett comes in looking for Alita, and um, finds her and takes her back to where they've kind of got her set up to meet with... Um, with Daya. So Daya and Bennett and Alita, and they're going to confront her about what happens. And she does have a lot of good comebacks to it. What did you think about the things she was saying about why Mary Steinbergen should adopt the baby? Well, she's going to have the better life for the baby. I mean, where does that baby go? If it doesn't go... It, you know, can't go to Daya, can't go to Daya's mother, can't go to Bennett, can't go to Mendez. <laughs> Why not have it go to an affluent family that wants it at least? It's either that or a foster family. We find out here that Daya has 37 months left on her sentence, which is a long time. And um, Yeah, so that but, baby's going to be three when she gets out. And, and what's going to happen to it until then? And Bennett points out that the woman that raised Pornstash, the drug dealer, shouldn't raise his baby. Which I think we keep forgetting, and I know I did as I watched it, that they are using her too. Mendez's mother, they're, they're using her because she's not even related to this baby. But right. Bennett says that he and I are happy and... Daya just starts looking more and more confused over what the right thing to do is. She started out being real adamant about they love each other, they're going to keep the baby, they don't need money, they're going to make this work. And it was really sad to me in various points throughout these episodes where they talk about what is considered wealth. Did you notice that? Like, they'll they'll have... The baby will have clean towels and just things that we kind of take for granted, I think. And to them, well, it's a big deal. So, I mean, there's where's Bennett's mother in all this? Maybe she could help. Well, how could she? She could be. Well, I guess the truth somehow is going to have to come out. The truth would have to come out. The truth would have to come out. Something would happen. You can't tell a lie of that magnitude, I wouldn't think. And well, it, you can't just give your baby to some woman like this Mary Steenburgen. It's just some woman, right? She's no – well, she's the rapist mother, I guess. That's how they would look at it. She's the grandmother. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean the baby could go to her. All right, it's a mess. So all you remember from this episode is now Bennett's going to propose to Daya. Well, yeah, but first we go to the flash of the dance and all that. So all that goes on. So the thing that we talked about. And I do think that it shows Bennett being kind to the soldier there. He gives him a water bottle and tells him he did a good job and not to worry about it, that he doesn't understand what's going on because it's stupid. And if you... Don't understand stupid, that's good. So he's he's kind, and I think they're showing that. And he's also showing that he's kind to people that other people were mistreating. So I thought that was... Yeah, but is that the guy who it, in the end gets no. shot? Yes, he's the one who gets shot, but yeah. Yeah. Also... But that's not his fault. I mean, that's not Bennett's fault or anything. But... um. 
So then we go back to. But I think, but I think the message is, he's nice to this guy, but the guy didn't understand American culture, and that's what got him shot. He comes storming in, bomb, no, bomb, bomb. That's yeah. not what got him shot. Yeah, he tried to warn about the other bomb. I think anyway. I, I don't know if I got it right, but I think he was trying to warn that a bomb was going to come, and so they shot him, thinking he's threatening to have a bomb. Well, he yeah, and he did get shot for that reason. But one of the other guys came in with the grenade. I know, but the first guy, the nice guy, was trying to warn them. I think. Yeah, but what does that have to do with he Bennett? Didn't know, he didn't know how to talk. He didn't know the culture. He didn't. It's a. It, it was a bad communication because he didn't know that threatening, that yelling the word bomb to a room full of armed soldiers is not a good idea. The same way that he doesn't know that it's you know, I'm not supposed to take camera shots of the girl. I'm supposed to shoot the guys because that's funny. He didn't know the culture of the guys. Right. But Bennett was still kind to him, whereas other people were not. And I don't think it's so much about him as it is about showing Bennett's nature. Because I think these things really affect Bennett. When yeah, he sees I think so too. Those. I think Bennett's not Bennett is showing that he's nice, but I think the real message is there's a culture, there's a wall between the two cultures, and that's what caused the misunderstanding about the camera, and then ultimately the misunderstanding about shooting the wrong guy. Well, and, and by the way, Bennett's a nice guy, but yeah, but we don't really care about the. I mean. We should, but we don't really care about the the soldier. We care about Bennett and his interaction with people. We do. I think. Well, we we're supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) We're supposed to. Anyway, then we go to the meth girls, um, Angie and Leanne, and so so, and they're in the laundry room. And how horrible that I always write it down as the meth girls whenever I'm taking notes. That's what they are. I know, but that's so bad. That's so bad. The meth girls. That's so bad. Shitty teeth, anyway, stringy hair, and bad complexions. They're all doing all the... Can you imagine the load of laundry they're doing? I mean, it's just horrible. And then Soso says that they need bean leaves because they got bed bugs somewhere and bean leaves took care of them and all this kind of crazy stuff. She's... She's a hippie. She is a hippie, which I admire, but it was, I mean, bean leaves? Where are you going to get bean leaves? So, um... She finds them to sleep on later on. They weren't bean. But they had some kind of pod on them, so she thinks maybe that would work. I mean, she's just, like, crazy. But very cute, though. Um, so Loose Check and Nikki come in, and they're bringing fans because it's so hot down there. They're down there just, just drenched and working definitely overtime. And um, Leanne asks him why he still gets to keep his clothes. What do you think about that? Because it is ridiculous. The guards are still in their clothing. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess the guards can't walk around in their underwear. I mean, you gotta do. You gotta just think of the reality of the situation. Yeah, but that the the bugs don't care about the reality. So the of guards the aren't going to walk around in their underwear though in a prison, Michelle. They're going. Of course not. But why can't they walk well, around for in? For one thing, the guards clothes. don't have to stay there twenty four hours. They work in shifts, so they they got to endure it for eight hours, and then they can strip off those clothes and go home. 
I don't know. You can't. You just can't have guards in their underwear. And, no, and but they could have on disposable clothing, just like the girls have on the disposable clothing. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they can't carry this crap they need to carry around. I, 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 I thought it was funny because when he pointed out, well, you guys wash our clothing every day, and they look at each other like, yeah, let him believe that. And so then he strips off into his underwear, and... um and then he remembers that he had some, I think it was weed in his pocket. And, um, and yeah, we just see enough happy tea for a couple yeah, of smiles or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or sleepy time tea or say this something, but we see Nikki take note of this. And, um, so that, that'll come back later on, but I don't know about seeing him naked any more than, all the girls. Then we go to uh, Black Cindy. She's spraying herself with Lysol. Yeah, not what, good. What'd you think about that? I don't think it's smart. The songs that she was singing, I swear, I literally, literally laughed, like belly laughed. She is so funny. It makes the buggies piss off. I mean, that's what she said, and it was just so funny. I'd love to hear that. But this Lysol, so had you ever heard the Lysol stories? No. Evidently, at one point, Lysol was used as like a form of contraception. Hmm. That's what women used, and... Black Cindy's saying that Lysol was the pill before there was a pill. And this was Lysol that was even heavier strength than the Lysol is now. And I don't know when's the last time you've pulled out a can of Lysol and used it for anything, but that stuff is strong. I mean, it is like... So what's all that got to do with bed bugs, though? Well, she's saying that it that they... Well, first of all, she's not bathing. She's Lysoling, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But do you think the loss, the bed bugs could make it through that loss hole? So her thought is if she if she can kill babies with it or spermicide or whatever, she can kill bed bugs. Um, I don't know. She just says that it's used. Um, well, it's a universal think- kill everything. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I didn't like that, and I would never entertain the idea of spraying Lysol anywhere on myself. I can't stand to spray it in the house, even, unless it's ventilated well. The smell is so overpowering. I was almost just choking watching her do that. But it was funny because Crazy Eyes tells them not to give their power to the bugs. Well, I mean, she just like advice. has... Yeah, she has... Is, is that what that is? Crazy Eyes is not so crazy. She comes up with some gems. We have Daya, who has um, who, who gets the proposal from Bennett here. With the little gum wrapper ring, which I thought was pretty sweet. What would you think about that? Horrible. Tell me why. Because he can't be asking this girl to marry him. And he can't even, he shouldn't be talking to her. He should be at the very most slipping her a note on the sly. You know, even maybe not doing that. But kneeling down and proposing and then kissing her. And then he's an idiot. He's just an idiot. Well, he's already had sex with her and made a baby. Well, that's that's true, but that's over with, and he can adjust accordingly, I guess. But he's continuing to get 
to make stupid decisions. You know, Caputo's right. He shouldn't even be near her. But he's got to do something. See, the damage is done with this. The damage is done. It just depends on how it's going to work out. I mean, you, he can't go back and undo it. Well, he could stay away from her. Yeah, but what's that going to do? How how is it's that going to really not gonna... get him caught to where he somebody sees them and says, "Wait a minute, what's going on here? Maybe you should be investigated for being near a prisoner." I guess, but 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 everybody knows. Everybody knows what happened, and she did have sex with uh, with Mendez. So there's no. It wouldn't mean that. They've lied about anything just because he has an interest in well, her. I don't know. The test would, would show it all. Yeah, I know, but I think that would have happened anyway before somebody would have went to jail over it. But well, what do I, I don't know? think he should be anywhere near her. And so seeing him be all lovey-dovey with her is, just seems so stupid that I don't like it. It's just no, it's nonsensical. It really is, and I agree with you. I just I don't think he should necessarily just be mean to her or anything like that, or or even cold to her but i think trying to continue the relationship when they're in the situations that they are they could even have plans to continue the relationship later but trying to do it in that situation is ridiculous i agree so he anyway. could make some side deal i mean maybe what they could do is he she tells what they should do is they should get the money from Mary Steenburge, and then he should meet with her outside the prison and make some deal. Like, I know this is an awkward situation, but but he can't be romancing this prisoner because it's going to turn out bad. Or in real life, it would turn out bad. I don't know what happens later on in the series, but it's just not – it's because it makes so little sense, it's just painful to watch. Yeah, it's it's almost like like children playing – or something because it's like nothing is well thought out but we talked about this last season how this has no good ending there is no good ending to this so i don't know i don't like watching it either but i'm not sure what you just said it was sweet though no well, no, no the gum the gum wrapper ring was sweet because no, that's how it's they not. that's the whole point the whole act of being lovey-dovey is stupid not sweet I them mean, being could... lovey-dovey together, I agree. But the fact that he—that's how they first started talking. I, you you don't remember because you're a guy. But he gave her a piece of gum, and you no. Know, but really they're in this some... situation now where they could both—he could get into big trouble, like life in prison, or ten years in prison trouble, and he—it doesn't. He can't overlook that. No, but he's going to get in trouble anyway. This is going to be trouble anyway. There's no, there's well, no you could way. Mitigate out that. Of this. You could try better to not get in trouble. I guess. I don't know. I, how about this? In a different situation, the gum wrapper ring would have been very sweet. <laughs> in this situation, yeah, between a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, I thought it was sweet. <laughs> I thought it was sweet. All right. Okay, this is where um, Loose Check and Nikki. Nikki talks to him about taking the heroin, and he kind of puts her through the paces, but then he agrees he'll do it. Well, he fakes her out. He says, "Wait, what did you just say? You're in trouble. We're going to Caputo." Yeah. And he fakes her out. Yeah, he makes quite a big But then they find the heroin's character. gone, so it doesn't really matter. So what what happened to the heroin? Do you know? Do we know in episode two, or do you have to know find out later on? 
Well, you don't know, so we don't know in episode two. Okay. No, no. Um, so then we have Pusey bringing an egg back into the kitchen that they use to break the spell on her that she has, and Gloria wants to cook it tomorrow, but um, Pusey's upset about that, like what you were talking about earlier, and Norma goes over and cracks the egg and throws it away to make Pusey feel better. They all really are liking Norma. Um, then we go back to Alex and Piper. They're eating. Alex is freaking out. She's doing this whole freak out thing, which is all she's done for two episodes now. And she thinks she's having a nervous breakdown. And um, Red comes by and throws in a little smart aleck comment about Piper will lie and make it better. And because Red says that at this particular point, we take it, um, Piper confesses. Alex had said something about they've got everything on the table and they still like each other anyway. And the Piper says, well, there's one more thing to put on the table. And she confesses that it was her. And then Alex storms off. Yep, so. stupid, stupid. Nobody cares about them being mad at each other. No, I agree. Just another another. And maybe a little, maybe a little honest. It's good that Piper's honest, but that was also maybe stupid to even admit that. Just let it let it go. Yeah. So, so now they're mad at each other again. They they're close. They're mad. They're close. They're sexy. They're. Uh, it's just too much. It's not it interesting. Is. Way too much and way I completely and they're agree. Both, they're both really cute, attractive women, but even to see them fooling around was was yuckville. It was like, what was your daughter called third degree embarrassment? Second degree, yeah. Well, yeah, it was that. It was not fun to watch that. Yeah, yeah, it really wasn't. It was like something that you want to look away. She'll go... Don't look at me because she's embarrassed and it's funny. It's a real funny little thing she does. But, um, but yeah, it really is. It's an embarrassing thing to watch. I agree. So how does this one end, Michelle? How does episode two end? Um, well, they burn the books, which is important because they find a, there's, there's a lot more. I mean, we, we can't just skip it because it's important. The books and the mattresses and the, the bet, the necklace, that's all stuff that doesn't really matter. No, it does, but it does matter. I mean, it does. I've seen it farther along. And they they burn the books because there's a potential for bed bugs to be in books, and we all know that. Um, Bennett shows up at Alita's boyfriend's house. Did you get that far yeah. or did you fall asleep? Right. And he finds out that. Her boyfriend has another woman living there, and he has another baby while he's still taking care of her kids. Now, Bennett went there to bring Lucy a birthday gift at Daya's request, which was pretty nice and everything. Um, and so, so do you mind if I press fast forward on this? So we see this guy, I mean this boyfriend guy with the side piece girl on the side, which everybody seems to think is okay. She's living there, right? Yeah, she there, is. Like cooking mm-hmm. and sure. take care of this diaper, bitch. <laughs> like he doesn't want to even change the diaper. Uh, he gives away the crib. and But first of all, he f- pulls a gun on the kid. So Bennett sees all this horrible, like ultra macho parenting or whatever. I don't even call it parenting. But no. He goes and pulls a gun out of a drawer somewhere and holds it on the kid to terrify the kid to eat his soggy french fries. And the guy gives the crib to Bennett, like, here's my gift to you. And Bennett's like, I uh, drives away and doesn't even want the crib, throws the crib on the side of the road. 
Right. Right. Is there anything more about that that's more important than that? That Bennett sees this lifestyle he's buying himself into that he's just now decided to reject? Yeah. There's nothing else in this episode, but it's all important stuff for for the next episode and okay. the next. Well, that's we're, we're worried about this episode so mainly. So that's what I got out of it. That Bennett didn't want to Bennett got his mind made up by this little visit to this guy that this is not what I want to be part of. Right. So he right he right he crib. did and well because it's horrifying and he also discovers and I think thinks that he doesn't want his child raised in that either and that was the best case scenario was that this child was going to go to this household until Daya got out and so he had to realize that that might not be what he wanted to do. We also have a little scene in here where I think it's the accountant guy who comes in and talks to Caputo about. Caputo's talking about the cuts he's made and everything, and the accountant guy goes, well, they're not going to buy new mattresses for just the next 20 months or, or two or three months. And Caputo goes, what are you talking about? Everybody else knows that this prison's being shut down, but Caputo didn't know it. Right. So, they, so they're going to move everybody out on the 20th, and the prison's going to close on the 30th. Right. And that's a big deal thing, too, that that kind of went on in this. So that's all the, all the relationships of Bennett and Daya probably won't end up in the same place. And the, all the women that are friends won't probably all end up together. And so, well, yeah, yeah they're not even planning. They're not even planning on, on taking the, uh, the COs with them. The only person who's not going to lose their job, hopefully is Caputo. That's the best case scenario from well, what they're plus talking. A lot of them are getting let out early. <laughs> so the, some of them might even get let go. Yeah, but only the ones with short time. They'll be moved. He was talking about them being moved. And we also have the scene then where Red comes in and she's talking to Haley, and she wants her husband taken off her visitation list and her lawyer put on. And Haley does this big, long projection thing, and this is important too. He does this big, long projection thing about how her husband's feelings are important too, and you can't, and he really starts going on this rant about how you can't just go sleep in the bed with your mother Whenever you get mad, right? And so and he that, picks on her for using language like hell, even like silly. He's just picking on her for being complaining about her husband. Right. Well, right, but he's really complaining about about her being a his, woman. About his wife. He's yeah, complaining he's, about. He's his mad wife. at women, and he's right. using red to be the subject of his anger. Right. Object of his anger. Right. So is the so, crib, is the crib on the side of the road the very last scene? The crib on the side of the road is the very last scene. We had the scene though where Nikki finds out that the heroine's missing. That's in there too. Yeah, and, so that's not that's all we need to know about it, right? Yeah, because we don't know. It's in the laundry. The vents in the laundry. Somebody took it, and now Nikki and Luschek know. Or Nikki and who else? Nikki. Nikki and Boo are the only ones that know at this point. Probably Luschek will know soon because he's the channel. Because he's not. It. Right. He's not going to get it. Okay. Okay. So what else? Who's going to pick up that crib off the side of the road? Um, well, it's the kind with the drop down side, and I don't even think those are legal to even sell or have. It's really disgusting and just contaminated and stinky and. They're cleanable, but it was Daya's crib. So, I mean, that's an old crib. I didn't think people kept them that it's long a piece for of safety. Crap. It's, nobody's picking that thing up. It's going to get, maybe somebody will pick it up and throw it in a dumpster, hopefully. And the poor little uh, teddy bear that was in the crib, too. And the poor little kid who then has to do without the crib 
She'll get somewhere else. She'll go somewhere else. She'll okay. be in a drawer somewhere. Maybe but with Bennett, a gun. Uh, but Bennett's crying. All right, Michelle from Tennessee. That's it for episode two of Orange is the New Black. You're going to get into it. Orange and one, one and two. Actually, this is a marathon podcast yep. of a show I don't like anymore. And You're uh, going to like it. You're going to like of, it. It's the middle of a day, which always – when we do these at night, it just seems like it's way more relaxed because it doesn't matter how late it goes. And I don't know. I've, I'm feeling the crunch of time here. Yeah. Plus, we're going to do True Detective, yep. which hopefully will be a little bit more interesting. But I'm worried about that one too. <laughs> Okay. All right, Michelle. So if you want to reach us, go to westcoastproject.com. My email is uh, nowhere on there, but my Twitter is uh, <laughs> at Scathing Tweets. What's yours? At Michelle from TN. All right. And what's your phone number? Just kidding. <laughs> Simon says. Yeah. All right, Michelle. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week for or whenever we decide to do three and four, if we decide to do three and four. Yeah, we're doing three and four. We're going to do this. It gets good. You're going to like it. You told me two got good. Two got better. Two is better than one. All right. Well, until then, we will say goodbye from Orange is the New Black. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.